All right, everybody, welcome to episode four of the NP Students podcast. Uh, this week, we talked about what to do with people on the other side of our view. Uh, meaning if you uh, are kind of just paying attention to anything in culture right now, you see uh, a lot of angry people and a lot of strong opinions on pretty much everything. And so we had a conversation around, uh, you know, our opportunity to either fight to be right or to fight for relationship, meaning we can make all of our points known and feel like we checked the box and we can feel good about ourselves, um, or we can choose to listen to those on the other side of us and fight for our relationships. And we said, if you choose to do the second one, uh, you're going to learn, you're going to grow, and you're going to have much deeper relationships as well. Because uh, if you're in a relationship with just about anybody in the world, any friendship, any relationship, any family relationship uh, for you know any period of time, you're going to bump into things that you guys disagree on. And they may be small, they may be big. Um, but you can't go very far with somebody unless you learn to uh, understand with somebody who has just a different perspective or a different view on the world than you do. And so we're going to expand on that uh, in this conversation here today. And to do that, we are joined by uh, our transit director, Matt Keeney, Heck and yeah. a friend of both of ours and roommate <laughs> of Matt as of a couple months ago now. You guys have a really great setup too. I love it. Christian <laughs> Price is here with us uh, for the first time on our podcast which I'm so pumped about. So um, before we uh, get into some of the serious stuff, yep. I, I had a couple of examples uh, in this week's episode that I just think are worth discussion. Um, one was, for example, when you talk about people who see the world differently than you, mm-hmm. um, I talk about, I don't understand people that are Popeyes over Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I mentioned that pre-podcast, Christian looked at me <laughs> uh, with a look of confusion and he said his father is somewhere screaming in the world. Yeah. Like he knows yeah. as I said that. Uh, do you have any defense of the, of the pop? Like, why would, you, why would you go in that direction? So my dad kind of makes a tradition, mm. at least once a week, Popeyes. Mm. <laughs> at least got to. Maybe maybe twice, maybe back-to-back days. He a might weekly tradition. Yeah. I like that. I usually think of, like, yearly when I think of tradition. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like we, have a, we have a tradition every week. Every week. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I know people with daily Chick-fil-A traditions. Oh, so true. yeah, I, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was funny, um, just to like come clean on that is, is I made that statement and I haven't had the Popeye's wow. chicken sandwich. <laughs> so when I say that I'm pro Chick-fil-A, I, I really am speaking to a world I know nothing about, um, which is interesting. I also mentioned on there, Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. look, if you don't care about basketball at all, <laughs> one, I think you should learn. Um, but two, you can skip forward just a couple minutes here. Don't cancel the whole podcast uh, if you're bored by this. But there have been several times around the office where Matt and I, mm. um, who are usually calm, rational people, I think, I think people <laughs> would describe us that way. I, I don't, I don't maybe know that's too that. far. But, uh, and we, we have gotten heated over this LeBron and MJ competition. Yeah. And specifically, the last dance kind of sparked that mm-hmm. over the last couple of months. Yeah. Because when that came out for me, and I'm, I'm completely unbiased and purely rational on this, when that came out for me, <laughs> I, I actually felt stronger that LeBron is the greatest of all time. Like as I watched Michael in that, I thought fierce competitor. I thought he was completely entertaining to watch. I thought it was great. Great storylines and stuff. Walks away and comes back and all that. Fantastic. But as I watched all the footage of him play, I'm like, that's like one aspect of LeBron's game. Mm -hmm. Like 
LeBron just can do so much more than that. And I'm watching him. I'm watching him leave. You know, he leaves, and then his team makes the Eastern Conference Finals mm-hmm. again the next year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like LeBron's teams turn into middle school teams when yep. he goes away. The Cavs, mm-hmm. especially. You know what I mean? Yeah. Old Cavs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here we are. You know, his first healthy year with the Lakers, and they win the West. I mean, yeah. this stuff just happens all the time with him. So I just felt stronger. But I know Matt, you had the opposite experience. Yeah. No. And this is, goes perfectly into our episode content too, in terms of how we see the world differently. <laughs> you and I both watched the Last Dance at the same time, and I. <laughs> felt the complete opposite in terms of watching the last dance uh michael jordan is hands down the greatest basketball player who has ever lived here's here's what i'll say about lebron okay he got robbed of the mvp this year definitely yes. should have won mvp yeah and uh, every year for the last 15 years but that's fine yeah i don't know about that uh <laughs> definitely got robbed of uh, the mvp he is the most athletic the most athletic basketball player hmm. who has ever lived probably the most athletic athlete who has ever lived hmm. um, so i'll say that about lebron james in terms of pure basketball skill though one-on-one game michael jordan's taking that all day every day lebron's so. bigger <laughs> i feel your energy right here <laughs> lebron's bigger lebron is stronger but in terms of pure basketball skill pure basketball uh you know play michael jordan's got that do you have anything to say, Christian? So, <laughs> I too watched The Last Dance, and for me, I watched Michael Jordan go up against Mailman. Uh-huh. These guys were so unathletic. The plays, right. the plays that they ran were They're so like basic. drinking six packs of beers yes, at halftime. Yes. Like these guys are yes, like, yes, yeah, it's, it's just a it's different terrible. time. Yeah. So compared to athletes, yeah, real time athletes, LeBron dominates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I hear the one-on-one yep. argument, and I, I always get confused by that because it's a five-on-five game, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, I know this is heresy to MJ people, but I think LeBron <laughs> would win one-on-one. Me too. He'd just stick his butt into just, him. Like, yeah. they, like, there's nothing. Drive. I, he's just so the, much bigger than him. He's mm-hmm. just so much bigger. I, I know. I hope Michael doesn't hear this podcast because he'll... He won't care about it. He's not going to come back. <laughs> He's not going to listen um, to this podcast. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, we, multiple hope, times now we've referenced those. famous people that I know are not listening. <laughs> you but, never yeah. know where it could be shared. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I want to share. I want to share one stat with you, um, Matt, that I just think is interesting. All right. So, I, you know, I don't think any time matters more in the playoffs, right? We're almost done, guys. Hang in there with us. So, <laughs> in terms of all-time points leaders in the playoffs, okay, mm-hmm. right. there are one, two, three, four guys ever in the history of the NBA who have scored in the 4,000s, okay? Then there are one, two, three, four, five guys ever that have scored in the Mm 5,000s, okay? Nobody has ever scored in the Mm 6,000s. And there's one man sitting alone still playing in the 7,000s, and that's LeBron James. The man's going to hit eight or nine by the time he's done. It's just not even close. And that's the second best thing (laughs) he does. I mean, he's he's a better passer than he's a scorer. It's just, it's unbelievable. Better teammate, too. Yeah. Yeah. The leadership, the defense. We got to move on. I I don't know if you got any final word here. (laughs) No, I don't think I'm, anything (laughs) I'm going to say, it's just, you're going to shut it down. You're going to pull up another stat on your iPad, and then it's going to be fine. Yeah. He also came into the last thing, he came into the league when he was 18. Right, so he had more years, Um, Mm. and so I'll say I'll say that I think LeBron is an amazing athlete. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Well, let's move on. We should do a separate podcast on (laughs) that. Just that. Yeah, like DM us if you want to hear that, and we're gonna get one, and we're gonna get zero. Anyways, uh, here we go. So we're moving on to uh, more serious things uh, (laughs) that that really do matter. Um, 
One, Matt, because this this is relevant to our conversation today. Um, one of the kind of worldviews that you had flip a little bit was your story in terms of how it is that you came to North Point. So part of the reason um, I wanted you to be part of this conversation today is because the couple of times where I've seen you share that on stage, and if people you know were in the room for those, I mean, those were like emotional, super memorable experiences for people. You've done it like at a camp or two now, and it's just really powerful. So that would be one example of like like you have a worldview, you have a way that you see the world, you listen, you connect with others and your worldview changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, maybe not the, you know, the whole story, but in a couple minutes, could you just kind of summarize that journey of middle school, some of the middle school challenges, how it is, and you came to be a, a part of North Point? Yeah, absolutely. So um, try to make this as brief as possible, but uh, moved here when I was eight years old, never really went to church growing up. Um, my parents didn't force church on me or anything like that. Um, I uh, was uh, socially awkward. Um, I was also uh, incredibly short, still am today, um, <laughs> but um, one of these days, right? Um, and growing up, I, I, I wasn't really a social kid, so I didn't really make a ton of friends through elementary school, and that led into middle school, um, and middle school was one of those times where um, everybody got bigger but me, um, and so I was um, you know, bullied uh, verbally by people in my class and, and throughout school, but also verbally, uh, uh, physically um, bullied as well. Um, and I got into a lot of fights. I didn't really know how to handle my emotions. So when someone was picking on me verbally or, you know, physically or anything like that, um, I would get into a ton of fights, uh, throughout school and, and whatnot. And it got to the point where, uh, you know, like I said, I grew up never going to church. And so I was like, I don't even know if God's real, but if he is like, this is not what I want to be a part of. Like, why would a God like allow these things to happen to me? And by the, uh, by the end of seventh grade year, it got so bad that I was like, I don't even want to go to public school anymore. I don't want to be around people. I I, I just like, I, I just don't feel like I fit in here. I, I don't want to be a part of this. So homeschooled my eighth grade year, which was awesome. Like it was really, it was really cool. Uh, my parents, uh, you know, were so amazing and all that stuff. Now and everybody's homeschooled. Yeah, right now, <laughs> now I can relate with y'all there. But, yeah. um, and then I went back to uh, public school for my ninth grade year, go Rangers, Vista Ridge. Um, and the first day of high school was uh, a little bit more of the same. I, I think people started to recognize like, where was that kid for a year? Um, I still kind of experienced a little bit of the verbal bullying and all that stuff. And um, came lunchtime and I have a sister who's two years older than me um, and she's amazing love you Megan if she's listening um, and uh, she had a different lunch than I did and so I realized really really quickly that I had nobody to sit with at lunch um, and if you go to Vista you, you know how big the courtyard is um, and I just kind of took a little seat at the courtyard and forgot what I was PB&J or something like that <laughs> that my mom packed me or whatnot but I just was like looking out and I, I felt incredibly alone in that moment um, in terms of just seeing everybody else make connections and high school is such an amazing place middle school too um, to make connections uh, with the people that you're around. And, uh, I, I was looking out in the courtyard, just felt incredibly alone, uh, in that moment. Um, and then as I'm thinking, as I'm eating, as I'm just kind of like f- in this little place of feeling alone, um, someone taps me on the shoulder. Uh, I look it up, up at him and he asked me to come sit with him and his friends at lunch. He knows that I was sitting alone, um, comes, uh, and asks if I could sit with him and his friends. And so that's exactly what I did. I, I don't know how I said, it. I was just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so I just kind of went, um, and, and this guy, uh, was also a part of the baseball team as well. And, uh, f- throughout all my freshman year, he was a year older. He was a sophomore. 
um, we just become became really tight, um, really close. Um, we did you know most everything together every Saturday night. We were at somebody's house, you know, hanging out, playing video games, whatnot. Um, and about a year into our friendship, uh, we were staying at somebody's house. I don't remember, um, but he was my ride, and so it was a Saturday night. And uh, usually on Saturday nights, he would just drop me back off at my parents' house. But he asked me this Saturday night, like, "Hey, would you want to go to church with me in the morning?" Um, and I just I, I was still out on this uh, God thing, uh, the idea of God. Um, I, at one point I was like, I even hate God. And so I was just like, sure, I'll, I'll try it out. I'll just kind of see what this is about. But if it's more of the same, then I don't want to be a part of it. So we pulled up to an elementary school <laughs> the next day and we were one of the first people there, um, because this guy was a part of the setup team. So he was a part of setting up, uh, you know, just the kids environments and the auditorium and things like that. Um, and it was Parkside elementary and it was North point. Um, so North point was my first real church experience. And before I even sat in a service, I was helping set up, um, and whatnot. And as soon as I saw Buck's hair, as <laughs> soon as I heard the music, as soon as I like saw the real community aspect of North point, I fell in love and, um, a couple weeks later, the same guy invited me to Inside Out. That's where I got to meet you. Um, <clears throat> and it was an absolute, just like amazing experience. Later that summer, I got, I went to boot camp. Um, that's where I heard the gospel clearly communicated for the first time. And I really understood God's love for me and everybody in the world. Um, so I placed my trust in Jesus um, that week and um, really got connected with you, Jordan, that week as well, um, which was amazing. And it was all because of this one guy stepping out of his way uh, to come find me at lunch. And so that's kind of my story and it's changed the entire uh, uh, trajectory of my entire life. Um, and like you said before, uh, this guy is now my roommate um, and he's sitting next to me and that's you, Christian. And so, um, you know, I've said this to you privately. I, I've said it publicly to people when you're not in the room, but I just feel like it's a good opportunity to say, dude, like you have absolutely impacted my life in a lot of different ways. Um, and it means more to me than you'll ever know. So I really appreciate that. It's my allergies that I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is allergy season. Yeah, allergy ragweed's yeah. up and that's mm -hmm. mine. Yeah, I feel that with you. Yeah. Um, was that yeah, brief? Was that I, short? That, that, was, yeah. that was brief for <laughs> you and I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for you and I, that was efficient. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we talk about the power of an invite all the time. We talk about the ripple effect of that. I mean, here you are today, our middle school director, mm -hmm. um, directing people in, in one of the hardest seasons of your own life. I mean, that's extraordinary. And there's no way that Christian could have known that when he walked up no, to you and invited you, you know, that day. Um, Christian, do you, like, remember that? Do you remember seeing yeah. him alone? Mm -hmm. and, and, and do you know why you went over and invited him to sit with you? Mm -hmm. or? Because um, I think I met you first in baseball yeah because it was like baseball mm -hmm. then lunch and yeah. then lunch and so i met him before i was like oh he's pretty cool you know whatever and <laughs> i <pretty> saw cool. <laughs> <laughs> and i saw him sitting by himself and we always sit together we have maybe half of the whole you know super long table and so i just said you know there's extra space for him so i think we actually scooted people over mm -hmm. i think you sat next to me mm -hmm. and then he sat next to us the whole year and then hung out every weekend and yeah like he said it just yeah. took off from there mm -hmm. He didn't say pretty cool or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it has his moments a little bit. Right? <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, and and now he got to help you know move you guys in together just a, mm -hmm. a, a couple of months ago, and so now you know the journey continues, and mm -hmm. so it's just it's really cool. Um, and and there are a lot of parts of that. Um, why we've asked you to be a part of the conversation today because we're gonna hit on this again later. But you know that moment, the way you chose to treat Matt in that moment, it's just something we've seen out of you so consistently. You know, over the last decade mm -hmm. now that, that we've known you in terms of how you treat people, interact with people, listen to people who don't see the world the way you do, et cetera. So that's a big part.
part of the reason I want you to be a, a part of today's conversation. Um, the other reason is because, um, you know, several months ago now, um, right after the death of George Floyd, I, I don't know what it was. And I was telling Matt, I don't know if this is like a God thing. People talk about like God put somebody in your heart or I don't know what it was or if it was what I ate or whatever. I just kept thinking about you. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I like need to reach out to Christian. And mm -hmm. it felt like you were a safe space for me. It felt like you were a safe relationship that I could just go to and have an unfiltered conversation about everything we were seeing in the world, everything we were seeing on social media. Um, and I think the way that I started that conversation with you, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I was just saying, I as a white person, um, as a white male, I, I think the word I feel right now is confused. And mm -hmm. I was like, that, that feels like the biggest thing mm -hmm. to me. Um, and I mean that like humbly, I don't mean that in an argumentative way. I meant it like, you know, I'm seeing so much online, um, of like be silent and, you know, elevate black voices and let black voices speak. And then I'm seeing a ton of, if you're silent, you're violent. And so now that's like the opposite, like you're spreading hate if you don't speak. Um, you know, it's just one example of things that seem to be like conflicting in terms of like, how can I help or how can I learn or how can, you know, um, how do I get a, a grip or a grasp of what's happening right now? Um, and you just let me ask like any question under the mm -hmm. sun, however dumb or ignorant or insensitive or whatever it might've sound. You just let me be really unfiltered and ask a lot of questions. Um, and, you know, similarly, we talk about some moments we'll remember forever. I think I'm going to remember that night for a long time, if not forever. I think mm -hmm. same. We, yeah. we were in, we said three, I think three hours. Or, yeah. yeah. Three and a half. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got there at six. I it was after nine or it something. Was dark. And yeah. It was <laughs> <the last laughs> time we left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I went home and with Emily, uh, who's my wife, Emily, um, we like walked around the neighborhood for like another hour. And I just like recapped all these things that you had said and all these parts of your story that, that you had shared because it was, you know, it was so impactful to me um, in that moment. Um, one of the things that I would love for you to share, and I do think it's, it's, it's important to clarify for people listening, you know, this episode um, that just happened and then this, you know, specific conversation on this podcast, it's all about learning to listen to and connect with people. And usually that's harder when it's people that don't see the world the way we do or that have a different experience than us. That's what this episode is about. So I really want to clarify, like none of us, none of the three people here around the table are trying to say like, this is what you must believe. This is what you must think. This is what you need to go do or not do. Like, we're not trying to say any of that. We're just trying to give tools for listening and growth and connection and stuff like that here. So that's the point of the conversation. Um, I also said like ahead of time, I don't want, you know, Matt or I to feel the pressure to speak for all white people because we're, we're just two guys and I don't mm -hmm. want Christian to have to speak for all black people. Like that's not the point of this. Um, we're just, we can just speak from our experiences here today and that's what we want to do. And, and hopefully it's helpful to some people um, listening. But one of the most emotionally impactful things for me, and you shared a ton that night, but one of the big ones for me was you used this phrase that your parents had with you. I think going into middle school, is that it was going, or was it going into high school? I can, it was, you're talking about the talk. Yeah. That was so what we phrased. I had yeah. an older brother. He yeah. He's probably eight years older. So I kind yeah. of heard it before, but yeah. probably, mm -hmm. yeah, middle yeah. school, I'd so, say. Yeah, somewhere around there. Okay. So you had phrased it that way and you had said the talk. And the reason that was like, you know, funny and emotional to me was because, um, you know, as a, as a white kid, the talk is your parents sitting you down um, to talk to you about the birds and the bees uh, about four or five years after you already heard about it from your friends in the locker room, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, mom and dad, I know this is so <laughs> awkward. And, um, and so that's, that's the talk for me. And I remember having that talk with my parents. Um, when you said the talk, you were talking about something completely different with a totally different context. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering if you could give a little bit of that in terms of like your story, which is a story I don't have, a, a part of your world that's not a part of mine. Um, I think it'd be helpful for people. Okay. Yeah. So probably, like you said, probably early middle school. 
um, my parents kind of, they would throw little, you know, little hints, you know, don't, you know, you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. Um, but probably middle school is when they had like the serious, like, hey, you're getting old enough. You're getting to a point where stuff could get dangerous if you don't do certain things to keep you safe. And so basically the talk is like doing, I guess, taking the extra measure um, to keep you safe. So um, one of those is like, don't go out at night and don't go running. Like mm -hmm. I can go exercise, you know, take a jog at night mm -hmm. because it could be dangerous, you know, depending where you are or who could see you. Um, another thing is like, if you, if you run into police comply at all times, um, and obviously when I got a car is a lot different, you know, keep your hands on the wheel. If you get pulled over, mm. ask if you can get your wallet, um, different things like that. Mm. Um, never move too quick. Ask if you can turn on the light, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think that was, that was something that was always in the back of my mind because I had an older brother, but mm -hmm. n never thought of, Oh, you know, that's not going to happen to me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, yep. But as you get older, obviously, you realize, like, oh, man, that is a possibility, you know. So you start listening and taking stuff in consideration. So Yeah. Yeah, you you had shared some things. I mean, I, I, I'm i a runner. Like, that's just the way mm -hmm. I like to work. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that. And it's <laughs> – Thanks for sharing that. I tried to get you in there. I did my best job. <laughs> we bought this guy some nice running shoes, and then he wears them every single day. That's, like, not what you're supposed to do with your running shoes. But anyways. Um, but, you know, you run in the morning and at night because we live in Texas. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, I can't imagine if it was um, – you talked about going into a gas station and never, oh, yeah. like, walking out without a receipt. You mm -hmm. know, I've never um, had my parents talk to me about how to be safe, you know, in mm -hmm. a gas station. And then I went mm -hmm. out with my brother, right? So yep. whenever he was driving me, it was kind of the same. Yep. I guess the same rules applied for me, too. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, I always buy something. You go in the gas station or store or whatever. Mm -hmm. Never walk out empty handed. Yep. If you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think I think one of the most emotional ones for me, especially even as I was processing after and stuff, was when you talked about, you know, um, you know, hands on the steering wheel when, mm -hmm. a, you know, a, a police officer comes up. Um that was such an emotional moment because for me, when you are uh, trained, like if you go through a class on how to handle a weapon, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to conceal a weapon or use a weapon, et cetera, um, and you have one in your car, what they're going to tell you to do is take the keys out, put them on the dashboard, put your hands on the steering wheel and let the officer know like, Hey, I have a weapon in my car. Like, what would you <laughs> like me to do with it? Well, you know, you are basically saying, Hey, I've been taught that like some people in this world, this is not all people. Again, we're not, we're not trying to make a statement about what is or isn't or any of that, but for you and your store and your experience, you're being taught that some people are going to see your body as a weapon. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to see the color of your skin as a weapon essentially. And that was such an emotional like thing for me to process because I've just never had to think about myself that way. Like I've never had my parents have that conversation with me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it was one example of, you know, a, a part of your world and a part of your story that just hasn't been a part of mine. And that's not, again, we don't have to apply that to every, that's just, that is interesting as a friend, mm -hmm. as somebody I care about to hear about, I'm like, dang. And you had, as long as I've known you, like mm -hmm. that had been your context yeah. because I met you, you know, freshman year, you were a freshman baseball player and I was a senior. Mm -hmm. And so the whole time I knew you, that had already been a part of your context. And I didn't know that until, you know, I'm 27 years old that, yeah. that you had um, that conversation with your parents. So I thought that was just interesting when it comes to like listening and being open in a, you know, other people's experience and other people's um, views on the world. That was a powerful one to me. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of like what you said, you didn't know. I thought, that was normal. So yeah, I thought, yeah, right. That's what you're saying. Because I yep. thought, you know, you never know who you're going to run into. So mm -hmm. I thought everyone had that conversation, no matter who it was. Yeah. Yep. But yep. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. 
And another phrase that you kept using throughout the night was this idea of worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to explain that to people just because I thought it was so helpful and so interesting to think about. Um, and I think it came up. I know we started off joking about LeBron, but going back to LeBron James, who I am self-aware, I talk about way too much. But the goat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm into that. Um, I talked about, I said, you know, what was weird for me is um, I, I remember like six or seven years ago, I attended this conference and I've gone to this conference every year since. And, and there's the same segment every single year where um, the leader, the CEO of this company will interview um, all kinds of different minorities. And so it'll be more minorities. I'll have women in leadership, et cetera, and just talk about their experiences. And I remember it being really eye-opening as a, you know, 19, 20 year old at the time um, to just even begin to think about the fact that, oh, my experience is not the only experience in the world and start to, you know, step into other people's worlds. Um, and the reason I, I was saying that was so interesting to me is because like growing up, like the closest thing I had to a childhood hero, like a celebrity hero, like if you were to ask me who it is, was a, you know, six foot, a 260 pound black man, you know, yeah. and it really was LeBron. And it was an on and off the court thing. Like I've shared some of this with Matt. It wasn't just like, oh, he does awesome things on the court. Like he married his high school sweetheart. Everything that I see looks like he's a family man and a great mm-hmm. father starting schools and impacting our community. Um, you know, I grew up 30 minutes from where he was, um, when, you know, he was drafted when I was in middle school and just got to like follow his whole journey in high school and been to his high school and, you know, all that kind of cool stuff. And he's always been inspiring to me. I mean, I, I literally remember like in high school, I didn't want to like do homework and I'd watch a motivational video of LeBron, like <laughs> working out in a gym or something at 5am in the morning. And, uh, you know, and, and then that would be the thing that would inspire me. So, you know, I, I shared that and I'm like, gosh, you know, it's weird to have that kind of a connection to him. And you said, well, I have a world that I connect in with him. Like growing up Northeast Ohio is a, is a world. It's a way that I relate to him that you actually don't. Mm-hmm. But then you have some worlds that you can connect with with him in you know, terms of being you know, a black athlete, a black man, et cetera. So I, would you have anything to like add to that or clarify that, like that concept of worlds, the way we can kind of relate to or step into each other's worlds? Yeah, I think, I think it's cool because we kind of, we relate in a way, right? Yeah. But we do have two separate ways that we relate to each other. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. And then also, I think there's so many kind of worlds that connect different people. Mm-hmm. So me and Matt are connected through obviously God, but also baseball, right? Yep. Me and you, God, baseball. Yeah. But then me and Josh are connected. Josh knows way more about um, technology, <laughs> <Yeah>. computers, <laughs> all that stuff. Spaceships. Then I'll, then I'll probably ever know. But right. we're still connected because of church. So yeah. It's cool to see how everyone has many different worlds, but they all relate, connect in different ways. Yeah. And and I think one of the things that you had said that was so helpful was you talked about you have influence with the people that are in your mm-hmm. world. You know, so I know there's a lot of people that are trying to influence the whole world right now. And that's great. And mm-hmm. I love the heart behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of the interesting thing about the social media generation is that like everybody you know, pretends to be an expert on something really fast. Like mm-hmm. I read one article or I saw sometimes like one graphic, like one tweet or one, whatever, maybe I watch one YouTube video and now I'm an expert on this, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, well, be careful with that, but you do have influence in your world. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the ability you can influence your world and then you can learn from other worlds. Like you can, you know, understand and connect with and try to empathize with the experience of people in, in other worlds. I thought was, you know, so helpful. Um, 
and I, I thought, you know, that kind of idea of being an expert, you know, we talked about, I had a, so I had a class in college and you and I talked about this that night too. Um, it was a cultural diversity flag at, at UT and the class was literally called Africans, Americans in sports. Um, and so it was like, uh, this whole one, I was even experiencing the world of athletes, just any mm -hmm. student athlete, like guy, girl, you know, black, white, whatever race, like their world is way different than mine in college. Cause mm -hmm. it is like a professional job. Like the hours they put in, it is extraordinary. Like it, it controls your whole life, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was interesting just getting access into that world and UT football players presenting and stuff like that. But then this, you know, this professor has a doctorate in African-American history. You know, like this guy has been studying for like 15 years on top of being a black man and having that experience, you know, and, and is leading our conversations and is so graceful and humble about it. That is so different from somebody like tweeting something that has no experience on the topic. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that was just really helpful to think about, like, how can I influence my world and not try to like go influence a world I don't know about? but learn from the worlds I don't know about. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, you know, you had been more, that's what I took away. I, mm -hmm. I, if you phrased it that way, yeah. like, <laughs> that was what I heard or remembered from that night. And that was, that was really cool. But um, do you have anything else you'd add to that? Or there's um, another thing. It's okay. No, I think I just, it on the nail. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Um, and then, so the third thing, and, you know, Matt was, was talking about this a lot. And now he, you know, gets to live with you and see this, you know, even more is that just when we think through our whole friend group, we know a lot of great people, a lot of great yeah. guys, but you know, you would be up there at the top of the list in terms of like, your just grace, your humility, your gentleness with people who disagree with you, who see the world different than you, um, or who are just, you know, straight attack you or, you know, rude with you or whatever it might be. Um, you know, Matt had shared some stories of even guys like on the baseball team like tweeting racist things mm -hmm. and then you got to go like practice with them for three yeah. hours a day and share a locker room with them and all that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. not react and not um so now i'm just speaking to you, like your character as a man just as a human being what you know where does that come from for you or why do you choose to uh treat people that way yeah i think kind of like what we talked about the different worlds they're mm -hmm. in a different world than me mm -hmm. and then also i think it's you got to pick and choose your battles right and mm -hmm. so to me Yes, they tweeted some stuff or whatever, but will I ever see them again? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so why let that kind of affect me and what I'm doing in my future? And so for me, it was kind of understand their world. Their world's way different than mine. Mm -hmm. Kind of empathize with that and yep. then move from it and say it's not worth my time because, you know, I, I've got stuff I got to do. And if I act a certain way towards them, that could affect me. So, yeah, it could do more hurt for me to do something else than to just back off and let yeah. them do whatever. Yeah. Do you, you ever give thought to like where that perspective like comes from for you? Cause you're relatively like young to have that perspective on life. Yeah. Like to some degree, that's what, you know, you hope your grandparents are thinking, but like, yeah. you know, for a young 20 year old to be like, I'm thinking about my future. I'm thinking about the consequences. I'm thinking about this person's world and what's informed his world. Like that's a really mature way to look at, at people, especially people that are saying hurtful things and stuff. Any, have you just thought about like why you, you see the world that way? Probably, I think it comes from me being calm, but also my family. So my dad's kind of the same exact way. Yeah. We rather, if something kind of affects us or makes us mad, if it's not worth it, we kind of just take a step back. It is what it is. It happened. Move from it. So yep. mm -hmm. I think that kind of is where it came from. Yep. And also through experience, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. 100%. And to that point too, something that I've learned from you, man, in terms of just like, if we brought a God element back into it, um, the new command that Jesus gives all of his followers in terms of what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to do. If we want to be known as a Christian, if we want to be known as a follower of Jesus, you exemplified that time after time and time again, in terms of like, uh, a new command, I give you love one another as I have loved you. That's what Jesus says to his followers. Um, and by this, everyone will know that you are my follower. If you love one another. Um, and so even in, in that moment when we have guys, you know, you being one of two minorities in a 70 person baseball program, um, it, when someone tweets something, I hate this group and this group, um, you handled that and you answered the question of like, what does love require of me in that moment? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think something that we can learn from that is in this season, when there's a lot of anger, righteous anger for what's happening in the world, um, in our anger, we should ask ourselves that question of like, what does love require of us? Mm. Um, what does it really mean to show that sh- sacrificial type of love that that love that Jesus has shown us um, and love the people on the other side, the other side of the aisle, people who have different uh, perspective, perspectives than us. Um, and that's something that I've learned from you. Um, that's something that I've learned just growing up through North Point um, in terms of reaching to the other side of the aisle, people who have different, um, who see the world differently, see, you know, don't see eye to eye with, you know, me or anybody um and that question of like what does love require of me and part of it is listening that that answer can be different for a lot of different situations but it's a good opportunity to just in our anger pause Mm -hmm. and and ask that question of hey what does love require of me right now in this Mm -hmm. moment um and you've handled that beautifully with grace and and humility and compassion for the people who don't see the world um that you do so Mm, thank you yeah and kind of going back to what you said it was weird because I was obviously, you know, it made me mad or whatever, but the thing that I was most worried about was that people would think it was the whole baseball team that thought that way. Mm -hmm. So I was more not thinking, I guess, about me and, like, whatever. I was thinking about, you know, are people going to try to talk to Matt, you know, all mad at Matt just because someone else tweeted something. And so it was a weird feeling I had. And I think maybe it was because it was senior year too and I wanted it to be good or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it was weird. I was more worried about you know, my team than I guess him. Cause obviously he, he came, I think he was only there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Man. A couple of weeks. So <laughs> he was gone. Um, after that. <laughs> I was more worried like what's going to happen after. Yeah. So I was, I think that was the biggest thing and yeah. maybe that's why I was so calm maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mm, but yeah, that's in, in, in even in that, like you keep exemplifying this very like others focused mentality, you know, thinking about how this impacts other people um, and certainly not all people. And I don't want social media to represent like all people right now because there's a lot of extremes that you see there. It's not really how actually yeah. people are living. Um, but there's this very like kind of me focused. Here's here's my views. Here's what I think. Here's how the world is right. And that's kind of this whole point of this conversation is exactly what you're saying. It's just there's, there's like, it costs you nothing, maybe some time, some effort, you know, but to like consider somebody else's world. Mm -hmm. Um, that doesn't mean you have to adopt everything about their world. That doesn't mean you have to like take on all their opinions or all their beliefs or all their whatever, um, to just step in and try to understand, Mm -hmm. uh, their world a little bit. And I think you just do such a good job of that. And that's why it seemed like, you know, so great to have you, um, be a part of the conversation. And I think that's how I'd like to end. And I just, you know, if there's anything else you guys want to add, just, you know, kind of speak into, um, 
that's just I, personally what I, I would love to see people do more and more of um, is like just a little bit less time on the internet, like a little mm-hmm. bit less time on social media, perhaps, um, you know, maybe filter out some of that completely and, and have more conversations, like mm-hmm. just more time with the relationships and the people in our lives. Um, personally, with all the chaos right now, that's that's been far and away the most beneficial thing. I think about like our interactions have been like way more helpful than like Mm -hmm. to a significant degree uh, than any tweet I've seen, any YouTube video that I've seen, any quote, like any, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And in those moments, um, I just, I would love to see people do more of that. Um, I was talking with you, Matt, like there's this big push for like solutions right now. You know, I hear a lot of people, whether um, it's COVID or if it's Black Lives Matter or if it's political or if it's, you know, going back to school, you know, there's, and there's so much anger and a lot of people will be like, okay, yeah, just, but tell me what to do. Like, what are the solutions? Like, what do you actually want different, you know? And I told Matt, I don't know that this is going to resonate like a ton with, with students, but it's just so personal to me. Like being married to Emily, like that's a horrendous marriage strategy. Like if Emily's upset or angry and I'm like, okay, just let's fix it. You know, like, <laughs> let's just, what are we going to do? Like that is a recipe for disaster. Like all I'm supposed to do in that moment is be there with her, listen, understand. I don't think she's crazy by any stretch of the imagination, right? She's brilliant. She's wise. Like I'm going to sit there and like, what has led to this moment of conflict? What's upset? her what can I learn how can I just sit in it and not like avoid the conflict and run with it and I feel like there's so many issues in our culture right now you know speak to whatever it is um that it's just like okay I I agree like solutions let's I mean I want to have productive conversations and what do we actually do but like it feels like we're skipping a step when we do that and that's Mm -hmm. just like hey just go be with people right now like just go listen to somebody that has a different view than you on whatever it might be Maybe you change your mind. Maybe you don't. I'm not sure. It's just, but you can listen and be with. And that's a, that's a big point, yeah. um, big part of this episode. One thing I'll add to that too is, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, um, even if we take it more to a personal level, like, you know, knowing going forward that you and a friend will get into a fight, knowing that you and your boyfriend or your girlfriend will get into a fight. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to see the, just having that general knowledge of that someone is going to see the world differently than you Mm -hmm. take any topic on the board. Right. Um, knowing that in your justified anger in whatever situation, do not sin, do not, uh, be so angry that it hurts and costs the relationship. Um, and so that goes back to the question of like, Hey, in your justified anger in whatever situation, ask that question of what does love require of me right now yeah. and even to what she was saying like listen so um a good example of this is a couple months ago when the protest i don't think it was right after the death of george floyd but it was when the protest started like i i was confused i was like should we find solutions should we pray should we do what what should we do about what's happening and what we're seeing right now and i was just i felt something on my heart of like I need to listen to my best friend, my brother, um, who has grown up differently than me. And I think that conversation was like two hours. And (laughs) I feel like I learned so much from just that one conversation um, rather than like having my anger, having my heart stirred and being mad and, you know, posting something or tweeting something or doing all these things that, you know, in my own way is justified. I'm angry about the things that I'm seeing in the world. Um, But when that question comes like, Hey, what does love require of me right now? Mm-hmm. That's that usually is what God is trying to tell you of like, Hey, you should probably go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we pause in that moment and ask that question, it can change a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that this concept of stepping into people's worlds is, is so universally applicable 
Because I think when you do that, I, I want to be careful. I haven't thought through this a lot, but I'm like, I, I think at the end of the day, you, you end up most of the time discovering we're way more alike than we are different mm-hmm. in terms of like the most essential things in life. Like you are a human being, you know, like you are made in the image of God. That's your, like Jesus died for all of us, you know, um, whatever the topic is. I'm not, I'm, I, I don't literally don't have a topic in my mind as I say that. I'm just saying like in any disagreement you have with anybody on anything, um, you know, the more you try to move in their direction, Direction, it's like there's all of this like anger and chaos that is just like kind of dissolved a little bit and and we could apply that to anything like I mean if you're if you're a football player and you step in the world of what's it like to be in band like if you're extroverted and you have tons of friends what's it like to step in the world of of an introvert who has a tough time making friends and has a hard time socially in middle school or high school or whatever it is if you have a great stable loving family awesome like have you ever stepped in the world of somebody who doesn't have that and like doesn't come to school with that or go home to that every single day there is so much to be gained you know in, in this stage of life in middle school and high school but for all of your life and beyond by, by stepping into people's worlds and, um, and doing what we're talking about in this conversation. So, um, yeah, I, I think what we talked about, what was, is at stake is if you don't do this, you'll, you'll not learn. Um, you will not grow. Like you will stay stuck as you are. You'll never consider new perspectives and your relationships are always going to be shallow. Like if you just can't like talk to people about things you disagree with and you have a need to be right, like you're probably going to lose a lot of them. Um, or they'll just stay shallow. Like they'll just never go to a, you know, a deeper, more connective level than that. Um, and whatever it would be, I, I desire very much the opposite for people. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything else that you guys just been on tip your tongue or hard before we kind of wrap it? Um, for me, kind of just to piggyback on what you guys said, yeah. something that helps me, um, kind of deal with what you guys just said, yeah. um, is you never know what someone's going through. Mm. So I've learned that, especially in college for mm-hmm. it's huge. Um, people aren't going to tell you everything in their life mm-hmm. and unless it's out there. Right. Yeah. Um, people are very private. And so someone could say something to you, act a certain way. And you never know why. And it's justified through, probably justified through what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Whether it's something that's stressing them out, something that happened family-wise, something, just everything, right? And yeah. so it's crazy just to, and now looking back, and especially in college, just how you never know yeah. at all. Someone could be going through crazy things yeah. and just bottle it all in and then it explodes on you. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's so deep. I don't even know if people can comprehend what you you just said. Like people, in my opinion, I could be wrong. People aren't angry about politics. They're angry about what their dad Mm -hmm. said. People aren't, you know, mad about, they're angry about that their mom isn't there. They're Mm -hmm. angry, you know, about a hurt. We're all wounded. We all have our stuff. We all have our junk. We all have our sin. We're all going through our things. And it comes out in random issues that we choose to, you know, get vocal about. But, oh my gosh, you know. It, it's so much that people are going through. It, it, yeah, you just never know. You mm-hmm. never know. I think the most extreme example of that that I've seen recently that like people would know is the Chadwick Boseman, you mm-hmm. know, the, exactly. the Black Panther uh, actor to say like a four year battle with cancer that nobody knew about. Mm-hmm. And he was getting ripped online. Like he was getting ripped on social media. Oh my gosh, this guy's on drugs. This guy isn't taking care of himself. Looks exhausted. Like at he's the letting slam himself dunk. go. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're like, what the heck? And oh, oh yeah. He's been battling, you know, stage four cancer mm-hmm. and passed away from that. And like people are like, eating their words and oh my gosh I wish mm-hmm. I knew and um yeah so that assumption that just you just never know mm-hmm. that's, that's amazing I love that 
Um, well, Christian, thank you for, for being on here, man. Thank you for all your, your time with, you know, Matt and I personally and, and mm-hmm. having these conversations and being real and vulnerable with them. And, um, you know, you've just been so gracious with them and it really is awesome to have a safe place. And I hope, I hope people, you know, find that for themselves. I hope they find those safe relationships where they can have, you know, whatever the conversation is for them that they want to explore and, and tap into another world. Uh, cause I think there's so much hanging in the balance. So thank you guys for, for tuning in. Hopefully uh, something we talked about here was helpful for uh, you today and we'll see you uh, on the next podcast.